the year is 2006. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Part 3, an Ed Brubaker special. Today on My Marvel This Year, the podcast from Reading Club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We're going to be talking about three Ed Brubaker written comics, Captain America, the start of Brubaker, alongside artist Michael Lark on Daredevil, and Books of Doom, Dr. Doom's six-issue mini. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Comic Book Herald Live on YouTube. Comic Book Herald, pretty much anywhere you want to find it. <laughs> Today, I am joined. He's the Foggy to my Matt. Oh, okay. He's the Valeria to my Victor. He's the Nuck to my Buck. It's Zach <laughs> Dean. How's it going, Zach? It's good. It's kind of a rude way of comparing our fitness levels, but uh, I'll take it, I guess. Um, you don't want to be the but- Nuck to my Buck? That means you're ready to go. I don't, I don't get that one. In crime mob not. parlance? You don't remember Nuck if you buck. Nuck if you buck. The only buck I know is what Ronald Reagan said. The buck stops here. Is that, is me, that me referencing mid-2000s uh-huh. hip-hop yep. and you referencing your boy Ronald Reagan <laughs> is the most um, is the most uh, us we've ever been <laughs> in an introduction. Is he the one who said that? Oh, he did say it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. Um, yep, that's uh I am the Nuck of this show. Well, thanks the, for joining. I appreciate Nucky, that. The Nucky Thompson, aka the Prohibition Era Crime Lord. <laughs> if you know that one. <laughs> So Your references reference. just keep getting older and older as we yeah. go. Oh, this is good. By the time we hit the end of this episode, you should be in like <laughs> like like medieval times, right? Mm-hmm. Just like I'll keep thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Charlemagne the God, more like Charlemagne <laughs> the Conqueror. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know if he was a conqueror. Do you that's I don't know anything about this man. Why are oh, you defending is. him then? And his and his conquering title. Surely he conquered some things. Readers, yeah, listeners, the... please write in. I'm with gonna your read thoughts. the Wikipedia page real quick. Yeah, yeah. Pause you can show. you can back us at um, patreoncom year. When you do so, mm-hmm. please send us a note on your thoughts of Charlemagne's conquering status. Is that an accurate label? I truly have no idea. But what we do no have idea. ideas about are Marvel comics. We're gonna talk about. What are, what are we reading today, Dave? What kind of an episode do we got? We got such a good episode, Zach. Zach, yeah, I'm excited to talk. It's just you and I. Charlotte is, mm-hmm. um, she's passed. <laughs> Charlotte has passed. <laughs> Sorry no. to break it to you. Uh, that's, oh man, that'd be such a bummer. Um, no, Charlotte is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> such a bum, you know, just oh, like man. really dampening the mood. Yeah, um, bring the vibe down. No, no, sure. don't worry, everybody. <laughs> Charlotte's okay. She just couldn't make it. I think. I like that the last time I was missing, I think, last episode, and Charlotte started out with a joke being like, 
Yeah, Zach had sex with Marilyn Monroe. Why? Like why do you keep? Totally, gi- you've done this twice now. Totally, you keep giving Charlotte credit for just jumping in to asserting that you had like she was just giving yeah, you some she, cool she was, compliment. Who started yeah, that was, compliment, Zach? She was risen, risen me. Well, you're talking about sports, Joe DiMaggio. No, I'm I, just. I compared you to Charlotte, Cal Rifkin. That's a huge compliment. I, I said. I, I said you're an Iron Man. You're always uh, here, Charlotte. Charlotte and I did have the same reaction where I think she and I both went basketball. Um, That's but hilarious. He's baseball, yeah. right? Cal yeah. Ripken is baseball. You don't know Cal Ripken, really? That's of your it's era. It's a name. It's like a. It's like a name I know, but I know especially baseball. Anyway, Charlotte, you know, like gave me all kinds of W Riz points uh, when I was not here, and I immediately am like, ah, she's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not paying it back in kind. Sorry, Charlotte. Well, don't worry. Much like the Winter Soldier. Charlotte will be back from the dead. Mild yeah, so what do we spoilers do in this for the comics today will yeah. follow. We read Captain America 15 to 21. We read Daredevil 82. We're just going to call it 82 to 93. Um, the spreadsheet going into this episode had some had some wonky holes. I don't know who put those there, but we're going to talk <laughs> about the devil in cell block D and the start to the Brubaker Lark run. And then we're going to talk books of doom. So let's just go in order Wait, on so this the is, list here. This is an all Ed Brubaker episode and dave before we start i just wanted to run something by you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so ed brubaker this era of ed brubaker friend of friend of comic Cap- herald ed brubaker yes mm-hmm. captain america daredevil he's got books of doom he did deadly genesis he does a there's another mini series that he does this oh immortal iron fist is starting this year um a pretty loud lauded run um, this is this is peak marvel ed Absolutely. And it's also when Marvel is about to start their, like, I can't remember what the imprint is, but um, Epic, Criminal, like, right? begins as as a Marvel imprint, which I didn't know that. I thought it was always Image, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it begins Epic. So, Ed Brubaker, I, I mean, the amount of stuff he's writing, it's a little, it's a little much. I well, kind of think, isn't it, dis- isn't it distasteful for one man <laughs> to do all this and to... Be making beer and baked pastries at the same time. Beer? Oh, he's brewing and baking. He's brewing and baking. Oh, all right, folks. You just got a you just got a a exclusive preview of my five minute stand up set called Marvel Comics open parentheses comics like comedians, comma not (laughs) like comic books close parentheses. Yeah, yeah. You got to clarify. Yeah, so (laughs) I'm I'm workshopping some of this material. I think it's gonna kill. Uh, I, I got is it gonna kill or is case. it gonna kill or be killed? Another Brubaker special. Yeah. Oh damn, that's good. Yeah. You see, if I got up on stage, I got, I got some, um, I've got like some security in case you know people, people aren't vibing with stuff. In the more clever jokes, the more cerebral jokes like that, if those aren't working, uh, I'm gonna just back up uh, to uh, take John Byrne, please. And you know that that's gonna kill. Uh, it's funny. It's funny deal? that you think What's you're gonna those back up to that instead of lead with that. You know, it. it we talk Marvel <laughs> comics week after mm-hmm. week here, Zach. Mm-hmm. But the true mm-hmm. Marvel is that anyone makes it ten to fifteen minutes into an episode <laughs> and, and stays with us <laughs> as we continue. So it's, thank you to all of it's you. My favorite part because uh, it's it's where I get to wake up. Although today I got up, you you can tell I've been awake for about nine. Oh, minutes. you're you're five. roaring to go, yeah. Yeah, this is this is my best material. <laughs> <laughs> All right, totally. Let's, no, let's but you're talk. right. Like Brubaker's Brubaker. all over the map right now, and criminal. Oh, it's nuts! This it, year is, it is with Sean crazy. Phillips. Like this is a huge star turn 
Like, I, like Brubaker's already had success. Winter Soldier comes out of the gates super hot. You know, Brubaker wrote Batman in the early 2000s. Like, it's not like <laughs> he's some, like, up-and-comer. But this, this, I would say, is, like, the star turn. Like, this is when he really launches into the stratosphere of comics creators, it, you know, which is definitely where, yeah. where he is now. Um, the Brubaker Phillips, you know, institution, essentially. Like, they're, they're almost a publisher in and of themselves. Um, but yeah, kind of, it kind of really takes off here. And I mean, we're going to talk about these books in detail and, and some work better than others for me. All really good. Like all, like there's just a baseline with Brubaker written stuff. There's a certain gravity that he brings to the work and just like, I don't know, he just takes everything very seriously, but in a, in a way that I enjoy, right? I think you could get creators who take the Marvel universe too seriously and aren't willing to have fun. I never feel that as a limitation with Brubaker um, so much as it's like it is nice to be in the storytelling hands of someone who is willing to you know modernize and take things seriously but also like like just a super healthy respect for like the the goofiness of Marvel without being silly if you know what I mean mm-hmm. like knows yeah. what's fun right no like knows like in a in a cap story like hey let's do all the cap history Right? Let's bring in the old and players. In a Daredevil story, be it's driving like, around the like sky convertible through the whole thing. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah, like they're yeah. not funny books, but yeah. there is a healthy respect and sort of adoration for the fact that like these are not, you know, flipping uh uh like high highbrow literature. <laughs> right? Sometimes bringing the punisher and putting him in a cell alongside Daredevil and Kingpin and Bullseye is just oh, like boy. a thrill a mile. Don't get me too excited too soon. Exactly. Uh, so let's boy. start with Cap. Let's start with Cap. We read okay. Captain America issues 15 and 21. This is the first two story arcs immediately after the Winter Soldier saga concludes. And if you've been living under a rock, burn, um, I, I maybe you don't know that the Winter Soldier. No, absolutely not. It's just a sick oh, burn. Okay. I'm just oh, okay. Sorry. Crushing anyone who doesn't know There's that. such. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, You're just excited. (laughs) (laughs) You know that Bucky is, in fact, a Winter Soldier, right? That's what we learned. He knows who he is now in the story. Steve's super excited. Steve's so excited that Buck is returning that he straight up starts smooching. He gets horny. (laughs) He does. He's so excited about Bucky being back. Shouts to the Stucky fans because this is another little notch in the – in the argument that these two are meant to be together. He's so excited he gets horny and starts smooching ladies. And uh, Sharon Carter's like, are you drunk? And he's like, it's physiologically impossible for me to get drunk. I'm just really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is wonderful. Which is wonderful, yeah. Uh, Zach, what did you think of the post? Because we didn't talk... We didn't talk Winter Soldier together, actually. That, with, I wasn't there for that episode. No, you were. Remember, we had to. We redid that one. Oh, we did. I was there. Yeah. I was yeah. there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russians must have taken that one out of my head. What do you What do you think about the progression here in these issues? I think uh, a little less, a little, little less like essential feeling than the the first one. But you know, like it can't all be. I I because I, I was kind of like, well, this is fine. It kind of feels a little bit more like you know a step back in the like urgency of those first 14 issues that first big arc um that it felt was like building and reestablishing the captain america mythos and then like propelling it forward this um it doesn't <laughs> i did you have the experience of not quite following what all the moving pieces were i i often felt slightly lost in the motivation 
uh, of like Lucan slash Red Skull, and then Crossbones and um, is it Sister Sin? Is that yeah, Red, Red Skull's yeah. daughter Sin, Cynthia Schmidt. Yeah. I don't know that we've that, talked about her much at all. Uh, she she came up before. This is one of those things I liked because I was like, oh yeah, I remember her from like the eighties. Like he had a daughter. I remember. I remember more the story about like him wanting to like kill the kid because it wasn't a son. Yeah, yeah. And her being right. rescued and like raised to be, you know, a little supervillain, and then him like aging her up. I remembered all that from maybe Dimatteis stuff. That sounds like yeah. I was wondering I is that, that is all... that JM or is that Grunwald? I don't even. I can't. I think it's Dimatteis because they talk about like it was when Red Skull was like old and dying. And that so looks he, like aged her up. Yeah, you're right. And that was yep. that was the end of the demon. That's JM pre pre Grunwald. Yeah, underrated. Yeah, I like. Run, I think we all. Agree. Yeah, that stuff's very cool. Um, yeah, and that like the the night mother, uh, all that stuff. Anyway, I liked I liked all that stuff. I liked the crossbones trying to like that issue was pretty solid. Of like crossbones trying to wake her up from her shield deprogramming or programming. Right. Um, I thought it was kind of fun in like a little trip down memory lane while also like. Doing something new. I think I just, I got a little, like, I got a little lost in their motivations. Uh, and then in the Red Skull and Lucan's motivations. And then, yeah, they, I d- just didn't quite You have a hard time getting of... inside the head of Nazis <laughs> I, I, and I, I ruthless telling, murderers. <laughs> for some reason, this this arc specifically, and Books of Doom, both felt like a little, um, sort of like, kludgy. <laughs> Is that a word? Kludgy. Kind of like I know, I know what it means, but I don't know that it's a word. Oh yeah, awkwardly or inelegantly made or done. Um, I wouldn't quite say that much. Maybe it just felt like a, a slight. Uh, yeah, a, a, a little bit like you think it was a little yeah, muddled. Slightly, and you know, I was telling you this before we were recording. I was listening to some music, and I was listening to Bob Dylan's Highway Fifty One Revisited, um, which certainly did like distract my brain a little bit uh-huh. uh, in just that. Uh, now, now you were listening to Wait, Highway Fifty One. Yeah, it's the it's... secret one before Sixty One came out. I know. It's yeah. I was just like, "Wait a second, did I get that wow!" Out? So you found a secret cut of Bob Dylan, and mm-hmm. you were trying to pay attention to comics. I couldn't do that. I'd be, yep. I'd be way too focused. No, it was a lot. Bob was over at the house and uh, playing it for me. Live. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so, "Bob, I gotta finish these comics for right. tomorrow." He's like, "Captain America is standing on a frog with a broken nose." And Crossbones is deprogramming Sin in her pantyhose. That was really good. I I just sat back, back and like basked in that. Uh, usually I, when you start singing, I sit back and like... Fume. <laughs> yeah, like take a mental smoke break. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, time, this time I was really into it. That was really good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so certainly not like this. This, I think, like still works. It still moved pretty okay but um yeah there's something just about like the lack of larger stakes that like hooked me at least so uh, it so does you kind were of feel like too it feels yeah. like a stepping stone between it feels like it's building yes. towards the next big thing i think that's fair I, I think it yeah. definitely is right it's a stepping stone between big stuff um i think he's gonna cross- be doing this for like seven years so i can't expect like everything to be yeah you know it's, it's a it's a catch your breath after the winter soldier stuff a little bit too you know we're moving some pieces around i i actually love the lucan red skull stuff so like for people who don't remember alexander lucan is this new player he's like a russian like operative right of tremendous power and he runs this chronos corporation 
in Russia. And post, the first issue ends with the Red Skull's apparent death. But what actually, because he's going to get the Cosmic Cube, he's all excited, he's got these plans, and then it seems like he dies. But what actually happens is his psyche inhabits Alexander Lucan. So you have Lucan sharing a mind with the Red Skull, and they're kind of competing against each other. But it's, you know, it's clear, right, that this force of evil, and Lucan's not a good guy necessarily right he's it's not like he's like this now. this innocent man but he's interesting yeah he is like you know he's got his own motivations and i just want i really do. like a villain who like i i really liked the uh the thing in the first arc of him being like oh you know what this is too much power for me this is gonna mess me up like, with the cube gonna... yeah yeah that was so interesting like that's a that's a really like that that kind of makes him more you know like uh threatening seeming to me someone who like knows their limitations and it's like a step ahead of the skull right because the skull never recognizes that issue um it it is also nice you know we talk a lot about like you know the the mustachio twirling silver age villains i mean listen mid-2000s or even now very easy for a big russian caricature (laughs) you know what i mean um and and especially alongside the skull who is you know a caricature of of evil himself right mm-hmm. you could just have this like complete hammer of a villain and somehow it actually feels more nuanced i every time there's a scene of them you know basically lucan having a conversation with himself you know these shakespearean sort of internal debates i think epting sells the hell out of it i think mm-hmm. epting's skull is like maybe my favorite red skull it's so cool i love Wait, it although is epting doing this whole no, Mike Perkins does the first, uh, does a two-issue breather before okay, and Mike does Perkins a, does a nice job. he does job. a really, yeah, he does a really nice job, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. No, no, and I just, I love Epting's vision. Because, you know, those scenes, you could easily have the, oh, it's I mean, two talking heads. Don't, don't get me started about the uh, the, the wrinkles, uh, the, the crumbly texture of his skull. You remember this mm-hmm. last time? You don't mm-hmm. remember the last episode, but I talked a lot about the texture <laughs> of the skull. Uh, yeah. How I liked it. It's great. It's okay. great. So I, yeah. I like those scenes. I, I understand what you're saying about I think the motivations are a little fuzzy right now because they are half baked. Um, not in a failure on the part of the storytellers, so much as the baking is st- the the time is still on the oven, right? We're still going. Mm-hmm. Um we don't yet know what the full plans are. So I, I hear what you're saying. I do also think like I don't know, one of the things that I think is nice about this book, but is also potentially a challenge, is like it is high stakes spy book right sure. it, it, it brubaker's thing with with cap is you know you there's a lot of international politics in it but it's not just like captain america the avenger it's captain america the spy you know and so what you have is you have a lot of moving pieces and a lot of plot like i actually found the stuff with bucky where he's like like there's flashbacks to bucky and he's like working on his own scheme to get to lucan and there's bombs involved and i it, it is i don't know that it's like like deeply intricate but it is it requires you to pay some attention that i wasn't always willing to do on this reread <laughs> you know <laughs> i um, think bucky bucky is like one of the more engaging threads that we still have like uh-huh. bucky and the like skull lucan dynamic where skull's trying to take over him because it does feel like lucan is a formidable opponent for him right like red skull will be mocking him like you know that he's one step ahead and lucan will be like yeah but I killed you. <laughs> like, right. I'm the one who killed you. And then Skull's like, yeah, that was my plan to get in your head, which, you know, maybe seems a little cope. But, uh, yeah. yeah but you yeah. never anyway, know the, with the, the Skull. I mean, that's yeah, the kind of villain yeah, you have is you're like, well, maybe I, I guess I could pull that off. 
Um, which is good. I, I do think it's it's very smart on Brubaker's part to be like to have your cake and eat it too with the skull. You know, mm. to not mm-hmm. play the same song, but also keep that threat very very present. But have someone actively working like like you have the skull actively working against themselves in a sense with Lucan, um, yeah. which really works. So yeah, it, it is a lot of scene setting. It's definitely not as tight and compelling as the Winter Soldier. I think if you're enjoying this run, I mean, I'd say it's a read it all run. Um, I think there, if you've enjoyed it to this point, you're going to want to read all of it, I think, at least up to a certain point. Um, Brubaker and Epting are, there's just a baseline competency with them. Mm -hmm. I I do get, you know, I'm not a huge Golden Age, right? I'm not Roy Thomas. I'm not like, oh, Union Jack and Spitfire, here we go, baby. Uh, But I do appreciate Brubaker's respect for the Golden Age, you know, And, and it's not like we I haven't seen those characters since, right? They come back every now and again. It's a new Union Jack and that sort of thing. Um, and 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 I think because you have the whole Winter Soldier bringing Bucky back phenomenon, it does make a lot of sense to have, like, strong roots in the World War II experience of Cap, mm-hmm. you know, and of those comics, like bringing back Masterman. Again, talk about a caricature of the Nazis, right? But the, the Ubermensch of, the, of Nazi-dum being a skull That's, weapon, bringing back the I don't sleeper. know that one. I love oh, the yeah, sleeper, that sleeper. design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a cooler juggernaut <laughs> as this, you know, Red Skull robot. It's all just like Masterman's got to be a Kirby thing, right? Like I think it well, I get I was going to say it's pre-Kirby, but actually no, because Kirby and Simon are the ones doing those. No, it's Roy Thomas, yeah. Roy Thomas. Okay, there yeah. we go. There we yeah, 1975. That's nobody surprising. loves yeah. 40s comics like Roy Thomas. I'll tell you that. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's compelling. I think it makes it Keeps me invested. There's a little mystery here that is kind of important with Sharon Carter during the the sleepers attack gets taken hostage basically by Sin and Crossbones because they're they're kind of mm-hmm. going on their own murder vengeance spree, kind of trying to connect back to the and skull. Thing. Yeah. yeah, totally. By but the end also of this. punish punish him. That that was confusing to me because punish like, the skull. Yeah, or the relationship is kn- complicated. It's unclear. Maybe right they now. don't. Maybe it was just not clear that they to me. That they knew that Lucan was the skull, so they thought they were like getting revenge on Lucan right. until they found out. Maybe is that how it plays out? And I, I just kind of had a hard time picking up those pieces. Um, well, yeah, and I always anyway. like I like Crossbones' deal where he's he is just a loyal to the highest bidder kind of guy, or like loyal to the most just chaos in a lot of ways, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's not he's not an ideologue necessarily. Right, like, like when he's aligned with Hydra or the Skull, you know, he's not—he's just kind of like amoral, I guess. Um, like he will just do it and he will do the job, but he will also come after the Skull. I'd like, yeah, that kind of Bonnie and Clyde, just like twisted, Sid and Nancy, kind of, you know, whatever violent romance is there with Crossbones and Sin. Um, that I think is is an interesting wrinkle to throw into the cap mix. And again, it is, it's just like, Hey, here's a lot of spinning plates. When these things crash, I bet it's going to be a spectacle. Um, Mm. But the mystery I was talking about is, you know, they have Sharon Carter and then there's like a mysterious voice off panel. Who's like, don't kill her. And all of a sudden later we see Sharon and Spitfire is like, yeah, I got her out of there, but it's like, all right, something's going down. Mm -hmm. Put it, put a pin in that one. Um, Cause that something, something fishy was happening there. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't be like, you have to read these comics, but I think as part of a, larger very good run you know yeah. it's worthwhile yeah yeah i agree let's 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 talk books of doom next i know it's not next on the okay. list okay let's do books of doom that's what i read next i kind of want to 
I think the farther that Brubaker gets from, uh, I, I don't want to just say like, I'm trying to, to put it more than just like gritty street level, because I think that's just kind of like a basic way of saying the the farther he gets from kind of like a real person, <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like Captain America, he brings down to earth a little more than some people write him. Some people write him as very down to earth. Sometimes he's a big, you know, intergalactic Avenger, right? And he fights aliens and these huge threats, but a lot of times he's just prowling the neighborhood. Uh, so I think like Brubaker making him like a soldier and a spy, you know, uh, works. I think that balances it pretty well. Doom, th- this didn't, I'm not going to say this is a bad comic by any means. Mm. I uh, I just kind of think it didn't add that much to Doom for me. It kind of feels like um, the whole thing is like a unifying origin of Doom. Taking all these different threads that we've had over however many years and like putting them all in one cohesive story. Uh, but it like, here, here's kind of like my issue with it, I think. Uh, and your mileage may vary totally on this. Is that, like, this comic makes you... This comic only really works if you really care about Doctor Doom. Yeah. Versus, I think, the Captain America and the Daredevil we're going to read are both elevated if you care about those characters. But if you didn't care about them, it will make you care about them. Right? Like, they both work on their own. I think if you don't already have a, like, hell yeah, I can't wait to find out more about Doctor Doom. I think this comic is a little bit, like... Inside baseball, but it's a little bit. It's like mm. for the fans, a little bit. See, and I also just like I didn't find anything new get added here. It was mostly like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember that bit. Like getting thrown together. So like nothing, nothing felt like new or I don't know. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you. So to me, Books of Doom is very reminiscent of. Miller and Romita Jr. Daredevil Man Without Fear, where mm-hmm. it's like basically it's let's make the movie adaptation of this character's origins, you know? Yeah. So it is taking a known story and it is expanding it for feature film length, <laughs> right? I mean, Doctor Doom's origin in Fantastic Four Annual number two is so good, <laughs> but it's like so few pages. With Lee and yeah. Kirby, you yeah. know? Um, and then obviously we've had the stuff with the mother trapped in hell fleshed out over time, you know, in that uh, uh, you got that Gene Colan drawn, Astonishing Doom Tales, Doom Strange. thing, and then you got the Triumph yeah. and Torment, right? Yeah, Stern and Mignola. Yeah. Like there's there's great stuff along the way. And Brubaker's doing the, you know, we talked, I've obviously I call it previously the, the revisionist history era of Brubaker. I mean, he's, he's doing it on Cap with Buck. He did it in, in Deadly Genesis with X Men, yeah, they trust they trusted this guy, huh? Yeah, like totally. Right? It's, it's really interesting how many like big changes he gets to make. But I, I do kind of feel similar to Deadly Genesis, where like just the overall tone of it, uh, him doing like the sillier superhero stuff, just doesn't work for me as well as when he gets to do the the slightly more grounded, which I think then plays well, out in the Doom... rest of his career with Criminal. But yeah, yeah sorry, I, go I on. think I think broadly you're right. I mean, Brubaker can work in the supernatural. He can work in horror. Um, He can work in any genre. But I think the thing is, it's usually bringing that to more of a street-level situation. Immortal Iron Fist might be a bigger exception. I mean, that's pretty, I don't know, it's like hand-to-hand combat, but it's like kung fu and like pretty supernatural stuff. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, when I think about the stuff of his that I'm not as into, it's X-Men, which obviously is not street level. And then it's also like um, like Secret Avengers later, which is, which is not that. Uh, but anyway, so I think broadly you're right. I think with Books of Doom, though, it's not – it's not a book that isn't um, – it's not a type of story that like – it's not like you couldn't do the very human grounded view of the character. And I think like – I guess just even backing up a step, Brubaker, Pablo Ramondi, I think Brian Reber's kind of the, the hero of this work actually, the colorist. Um, they, they do a really good job <laughs> with the Doom origin and expanding it and, and building on who was Victor Von Doom – who is this character? Why is there a sense of nobility and and like a broken heart, you know, to this villain that I think, you know, can get lost in the right, just like evil doctor, you know, who's just always fighting everyone sort of like baseline Marvel Comics understanding. Um, I think there's a there's an opportunity to sort of explore like where he comes from, who his people are, you know, the Romani people and the ways that they were, uh, you know, persecuted, and then and then also like him coming back and leading a revolution. Like, there's meat on the mm, bones. That was fun. I liked that. Part, yeah, because that's that's a towards the end of this is like Doom returning to Latveria, post you know kind of fully becoming who Doctor Doom is going to be, and then leading the Latverian people in revolt of the country. I actually, I thought there was the most there to be like this. If you wanted to explore like just this for a stretch. And kind of lean into the Marvel Comics version of like how does revolution happen? Kind, yeah, kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. You know, the the that was one of the more interesting bits, and I really liked. I kind of feel like he dialed into the Doom I like. Uh, well, I don't know. There's a couple versions of Doom I like because I kind of like him as the big um, egotistical, like megalomaniac, cackling villain sometimes. Yeah, but I also kind of like the Doom that feels like he. Uh, He's like an actual leader who understands, like, like he listens to his generals here. At some point, he tells his generals to do something, and one of them is like, well, you know, well, sir, that, you know, will inflict too many casualties on the men. They need a break. And he's like, hmm, you may be right. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Like, look at this dude. Like, this guy, this guy gets it. And the guy was right, and Doom was, like, smart enough to, you know, take his advice. And then the uh, the way that they, See, like... See, but then I'd be fine with, I, I like that Doom, but I'd be fine yeah. with him then throwing that general in prison. Like in a, <laughs> like after after the fact, and being Which like, you question me in front of people, yeah. right? So it's like yeah. that that to me does add up. Um, yeah. I I do think there's a there's a real healthy respect for the history of the character. I don't oh, know yeah. that there's yeah. like, I don't know. There's certain writers that when they take over Doom, they kind of just nail it immediately. And like in recent years, for me, that's been like Jonathan Hickman, Al Ewing, Ryan North have done this in, in recent years where they they just take over and it's just like, I am in the hands of a master of doom. I think Mark Wade is kind of just inherently right. He has such a love for the history of Marvel that they get it. I, I don't know that Brubaker brings that to the mix and it's, it's hard though, because it's like, well, we are in the becoming doom phase. Um, mm. I think maybe my, cause I'm not, I'm not that far off from your read of books of doom. I, I think it's well done. I understand it's really well beloved. Um, I kind of just don't love origins. I kind of yeah, don't it, love fleshed out origins of things that. If I, someone wanted to read an origin of Doom, I'd be like, "Yeah, pick up this one. This one tells the whole thing." See, if you just I want would. I get that for facts, a modern reader, but know? isn't Fantastic yeah. Four Annual Number Two is better? 
Yeah, yeah. But if you want, like, the full thing with his mother in hell and the, like, the annual visits that we got in the torment. What's it called? The Triumph, Triumph and, and Torment. torment. And, See, I'd know, rather, ha- I'd rather hand them the annual two and Triumph and Torment. Yeah, sure. Books yeah, of yeah. Doom. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because it is, it is a little bit, like, a pretty straight, like, does it add much? Well, that's, I was just like, thinking with Man Without the Fear other stuff, as, the, like, as the comp. Yeah. That adds yeah, yeah. in the Electra wrinkles from Miller's own, you know, sort of like extension of the origin um, in ways that they weren't there. I also I, don't love that comic. I think... You know, I don't love that like comic I'm, either. I've, I, I love all of the Miller run, except for that comic. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just fine. It's yeah. my least favorite yeah. Miller thing um, on Daredevil. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the same issue, though, where I'm like, I understand why folks love a, a very competent expanded origin. Um, I find it kind of tedious. I think, like, I don't know. Like, I appreciate the exercise, I guess. I, I I don't think it's like, it's like, oh, they didn't do their homework and actually this happens here. Like, it's none of that is an issue. No, it's just no. kind of, we, I don't know. I, I'm just not that interested in that story, I suppose. I mean, I kind it's, of it's like Wolverine like, Origins yeah, to a degree where it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. it's like, I just don't care, actually. Like, well, that's not the thing well, that, that I want to know. that adds a lot that we kind of don't want to know. This just kind of retells the stuff that we already do know. And it didn't, it wasn't additive enough. Or... And not even on a plot level, I kind of just don't think, like... Like, Brubaker, I think it's not just that, like, street level means that he's good at writing, like, criminals and, you know, like, crime and criminals. I think it's that he's... Which he is. Yes. But his, like, dialogue and his writing excels with kind of a more normal... like more normal people. Well, that grounded Raymond Chandler sort of case. Yeah, yeah, the hard-boiled noir stuff. But like he, you know, he brings that to like a modern day, right? It's not like heavily stylized writing. Um, it's not particularly purple, right? Yeah, Chandler's because because Doom Doom is purple, right? Doom is Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. So like Doom is that, extra, <laughs> you know. And that doesn't really come into play in the like. The, the actual like aesthetic the the prose itself does not really like reinforce that here right? i also like, thought m- maybe his actions but well I'm, I'm gonna say something i really like first before i get into one thing that i found a little strange i really like the ending <laughs> of books of doom the ending is so darn good so the the whole thing is like doom is translating or he's he's narrating his life story right and there's a journalist who's been invited into laveria who is, you know, documenting this for the first time yeah. from the mouth of doom. Here's the story. And at the end of everything, um, doom reveals his face to the journalist and is like, here's a monster. And it is, you know, there's always that question of like, well, does doom just have like a tiny scar and his arrogance won't allow it to yeah. be seen. Yeah. Is he, was he yeah. actually mutilated in the explosion? Um, and the, the way they reveal it here, cause you, there's only, so many pages where you see, quote unquote, the face of doom. And the way they do it here is like that Darth Vader kind of like, yeah, his face is just like a Dog. mess of wires <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, boiled flesh. And, you know, he had a mask boiled to his face. It's like post mask. Oh, no... wait, sorry. We just got to pull it. He doesn't have the mask burned to his face here, which was the only little like actual <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. thing that I went Wait a minute, that's one of the best parts of the Silver Age story. Yeah. he They have the mask here, and he th- there's none of that, like, Sire, it's too hot. And he's like, slap it on anyway. <laughs> uh, they don't do that, and it's one of the best little Doom beats uh, that I thought he would lean into. But Yeah, taking that away, 
kind of sucks, I think. Um, yeah. It's definitely yeah, okay. worse. Okay. Uh, but no, so he reveals face. It's, you know, it's, it's a horrifying post, you know, post-mask face. Uh, but that's not the big thing. The big thing is the journalist is walking away. Wait, 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 whoa, sorry. It's not Doom, though. It's a Doom bot. Well, that's what I'm saying. The big thing is as well, the journalist... What? Takes Go off ahead. the mask and it's clearly... It's a bunch of wires. It's like... There's two human eyes, and then the rest of it is like a robot face. So did you the, see that yeah. and just immediately know it was a robot? Maybe not immediately, but like... Because I, I, well, the first time I read it, I saw that as just like, oh, here's a portrayal of what his face would look like uh, okay. behind no, the mask. Because it is then yeah. subsequently revealed that actually mm-hmm. it's a Doombot. Um, okay. yeah, that it, yeah, that yeah. it's a Doombot, and that Doom has gotten so good at creating you know, AI, real, real, mm-hmm. real on the cutting edge of AI, the marketing industry marketing industry loves some doom invention i'll tell you i mean honestly too good the thing is the ai is too good it thinks it's human and that's the uh, yes the problem this doom this doom bot thinks it's doom as they often do and this one can like recount his whole history and there's there's a nice line from boris that he's like yeah i think uh i think the master just you know he was he was so similar to himself he couldn't have this one destroyed (laughs) which is a good doomism but anyway so it's a doom bot the whole time which is a nice little wrinkle so there so there's this layer of well was that even true because it's a Doombot's mm-hmm. memories, which is nice. And then on top of that, the journalist is like, cool, I'm going to go report the story. And Boris is like, cool, and locks her in a cell. <laughs> and she can never leave because no one can know the secrets of Dr. Doom. It's a yeah, perfect Doom ending. Your was getting to know the story, but you don't get to, like, tell anyone. You can yeah. never leave. You can yeah. never tell anyone. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's awesome. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A thing that that confused me. Mm. Actually, no, let me let me let you say. What, what do you think of that ending? Let me... Let you share. Oh, it works fine. I mean, that that is a very Doom moment. That's like, you know, modern the modern Doom that we know doing something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. The, the whole journalist interrogation thing is nicely not focused on uh, until that. Like, I'm glad a much lesser comic would have spent a lot more time getting letting us know the journalist, like, as if that mattered. Um, Do you... Are you the kind of reader who cares how narration is being shared so like in the sense yeah. of there has to be an a in-story diagenic. reason for yeah. you know punisher writes his diaries and like ba- batman constantly narrates to himself yes in like, batman but do i don't you care, care? Like, he... no no i i don't think i do either i i kind of like it if there's a a natural in-story way like this one works i think to be like oh well he was documenting it for a journalist but but it's not super important to me that it be like if Spider Man just wants to have internal narration, I don't need it to be explained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what oh, is yeah, actually yeah. happening that this is being shared. Like that's just I just take that for granted as part of comics, I suppose. Um, I mean the narrations are boring often. Like the, <laughs> the internal monologues are usually some of the most like skippable. Well, they've taken they, over for thought bubbles. You know, I think yeah. is is an yeah, yeah. as a way to like, I, and I think Brubaker's good at narration. I think is the thing yeah. because he understands if they're real wordy, they get tedious. Um, he He's a little wordy, here, pacing think, with it. Though. He's wordier than yeah. he'll become for sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He Just is here in this comic specifically, Cap and Daredevil. I don't get this at all. But uh, even even those actually, before. even those, I was like, oh, he's he actually writes a lot more hmm. than than he Maybe will. Cap, but uh, no, Daredevil uh, actually is the really you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. Okay, yeah, yep. a thing I a thing that bothered me about the books of Doom, real opportunity here to expand on Doom's hatred of Richards. He kind of hand waves it away, waves like it away. One of the, the least focused aspects of this, yeah, totally. To- like yeah. he just like reads in his room, 
And he does the, hey, I was looking at your equations, and Doom's like, yeah, please don't. And that's the end of it, basically. <laughs> and then Doom, after getting, like, going to the Tibetan mountains and, and getting his robot armor, sees Richards on TV, celebrated as, like, a genius, and just seeing him kind of triggers. Because everything else about Dr. Doom kind of throughout this is, like, it's based on something, right? Like, his, you know, like, there's a family drama. His parents are... You know, he views them as having been killed by these corrupt regimes and, and the way his people are persecuted and and his romance with Valeria. Like he's every time he tries to have that, someone comes and takes it. Like there's actual things that he can point to and be like, these are the ways that I was pushed to this, you know, like as, and that's mm-hmm. where you kind of see that, like that sort of noble purpose of a villain. But with Richards, he just sees him on TV and he's like, oh, he must have betrayed me, Richards. And it, it doesn't work at all. I don't think. And I think if you have six issues and the level of sort of reminiscence and nostalgia that you have with this, I understand you don't want it to become a Fantastic Four book. That's not necessarily the purpose. But that particular detail kind of matters. Um, And I don't, I think I was done very poorly, I would say. Yeah, the six issues is a little bit of an issue here. It does feel like uh, more material, much less material than should have been spread across six issues. Like this could have been three for what we actually like kind of ultimately get and like if this was the doom movie yeah i don't think i like that movie no it's not there's not a real arc here you know it's not uh like it kind of sets up future motivations but it's not like a it's not like a spider-man origin you know that kind of has a beginning middle end mm-hmm. right to him like getting his powers failing a you know a, a test and then like rising to the occasion right you don't have like the traditional yeah. kind of arc here um yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's it's just an origin retelling, you know? It's just the unified Doom origin. It's the it's, unified Doom origin. Yeah. If you want that, it's here, but, you know, it just it didn't tickle me that much. Dave, can we talk about what tickled me? <laughs> sure, let's talk about your fetish. Uh, this Daredevil run, I'm going to just lean in here. Uh, lean in, lean the, in. I don't, want the, I don't want the listeners to, to hear this. I like this, like, a, quite a bit more. In the Bendis stuff quite really a bit like more I like the Bendis stuff quite a bit but this feels like taking what Bendis is doing and then getting rid of all the Bendisisms <laughs> that uh that just hold it back a little bit for me but like oh baby I love this although at one point one prison guard says something about like get your tuchus in there and I was like oh Bendis <laughs> <laughs> he's returned <laughs> back <laughs> yeah he came in just to write one word which is like a prison guard on Rikers Island being like Murdoch get that scrawny little tuchus in your cell <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, anyway yeah what um, do you think were the biggest what do you think are the biggest sort of stylistic differences that you were gravitating to it's I, I mean I I got I got roasted I can spit fired and roasted for this one you got roasted where'd you get roasted by, by you by you for saying that I don't think uh, oh yeah yeah Bendis is sp- particularly good at writing like crime dialogue specifically but like mm-hmm. crime stuff it doesn't feel that authentic to me uh, it doesn't feel like he has you know like is that dialed in on you know like the politics the cops the criminals like all that stuff the interplay between you know all the the systems that make crime uh i didn't feel like bendis has you know i don't know if he's that interested in it but he like comes back to it right it's clearly like the world he 
sets these characters in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Brubaker gets that. I mean, obviously, Brubaker, you know, builds his whole career out of writing crime comics. He literally, the big series is called Criminal. Um, but I think he just nails it here. And Daredevil in prison, I think, is a real... I, Bendis did this. Uh, I did not read those. I didn't finish the, the Bendis run yet because I wasn't in those. Oh, you didn't read the last arc? No, I haven't read it yet. I think I was off that, that episode. That was just Charlotte and I? Okay. Mm-hmm. Im- important uh, so one d- to read, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I figured out what happened here. Um, <laughs> As you should, yeah. But, like, so, you know, props for Bendis for sticking Murdoch in prison. But, like, what a what kind of a bold move to have him here for so long. Mm-hmm. Out of the costume, right? And, like, we spent a lot of time with him just being, like, totally, uh, yeah, isolated and trapped here and uh, disempowered both, like, because of, you know, he's not in his setting, but also because he's being played in prison. Yeah. I think, like, the tension and the stakes of this ramp up so well. He, he makes such a big mission statement with the first issue where, uh, you know, Foggy gets stabbed to death. But, you know, oh, boy, I saw the writing on the wall that Foggy is not dead <laughs> so quickly. Whoa, whoa, he really... whoa. Spoilers. Well, it's the comics that we Tell read me, today. Foggy's not dead? <laughs> they, he does. Oh, man, it's the second issue. It really seems like Foggy. He killed off Foggy. And I believed it. I was like, wow. I, he really, I bought he it. Really yeah, yeah. Off. Yeah, I bought it. And then it's like. Uh, Uric and Dakota North, the private investigator bodyguard that was with Foggy, was like, oh, in the ambulance, they said he was going to make it, but then he, you know, he flatlined on the way to the hospital, and that was the moment where I was like, oh, there you go, there's your out. Mm. Like, uh, it, it really bugged me that they tipped their hand <laughs> with yeah. some kind of, you know, okay. little thing there. But anyway, um, yeah, he kind of just gets, I mean, he also, just like Cap, and I think even more successfully than Cap, I think he balances... The mix of the kind of, like, really gritty human bodies bouncing off each other, you know, like, real people hitting real humans, right? Like, it feels very physical here, but also still mixes in those, like, big, crazy superhero things, like like the Punisher walking up to a pimp and snapping his neck in front of a cop so that he gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What a crazy, like, he has so many... That issue is... That one issue, number 84 is so full of, like, fan service for me specifically. Like, it opens with the Hannibal Lecter uh, bullseye being carted into federal prison, you know, like Hannibal Lecter, and clearly all the prison staff is terrified of him, and, uh, you know, I love bullseye so much. It does, um, um just on that beat, it's, it reminded me of No Way Home, actually, uh, this, the MCU Spider-Man movie, in the sense hmm. of, like, I know you're fan servicing so hard right now, but I'm... I'm so happy with the way that everything is happening <laughs> and it feels kind of so tonally in control that like, I'm not bothered by that one iota. It's like, yeah, keep servicing. This is great. Well, he does, he does things with the characters besides just, it's for know, a purpose. But, yeah. And it's also, it's more than the, like the last page turn, you know, like bring the new prisoner and turn to the last page. We just see bullseye being like, where do I put my stuff? Which is, you know, how <laughs> classic most... bullseye voice. Yeah. yeah. Where do I put? Where do I put my stuff? <laughs> uh, that's that's where we'd like. I think that's the kind of average, kind of mediocre way of doing the like fan service. Like, oh, let's get excited that a character you know is here. Yeah, right? yeah. But instead right. of that, like, they give him this big procession, you know, and they they build up like his myth. That, that's what I kind of mean. Like, if you know these characters, you're kind of hyped for it but if you don't it does its own job of building them up in your 
mind, right? Yeah, like, that's true. If you don't know who the Punisher or Bullseye is, you will still be like, oh, damn, like, who the hell's who the hell's this guy? Like, You know what I thought was kind of insulting to Frank, though? Huh? Doesn't get the Hannibal Lecter treatment when he's brought into mm-hmm. the prison. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was kind of a diss, you know? Oh, yeah, that's true. Not taking him seriously enough. Also, has Wilson Fisk ever been more intimidating than the one, like, cutaway scene? I think it's, what's that guy's name? Tarantula? Like Tarantula. Who's, yeah. Yeah, who's Tarantula's talking to Murdoch and uh, saying, like, Fisk killed four of his guys in the shower. And we get one cutaway panel of a naked Wilson Fisk just murking four guys in the shower. I'll tell you what. Uh, anytime. Never been, your, your comic, if, you, if you're telling Kingpin story. Yeah. And you didn't have him naked or nearly naked beating up some guys, a la Frank Miller, right? In those mm-hmm. like dojo training scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You missed you missed out. Like you didn't you didn't fully complete the assignment. Yeah, I totally I, agree. I love when people remember that Kingpin should be like extremely physically imposing and not just, you know, a crime lord. There's a uh, David I, Finch cover yeah. to one of these issues. I think it might be like eighty five, where he kind of tries to do this in Kevich. Like, like, like Willie Fisk's body is, you know, 12 of Matt Murdock. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's in the big orange jumpsuit. And it's like, it's not as good as Sienkiewicz, but I'm also just like, man, these proportions is <laughs> so rule. <laughs> I love yeah. this. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should always be. Oh, yeah. Him. I see it. That's a really good one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I'm on board with what you're saying. I So here's my, I have two kind of competing thoughts here. The first <laughs> is, it is like such a miracle and man, is it rare that a creative, a new creative team comes in and just takes the handoff this smoothly, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that new creative team would come in to an ongoing book and it feels like the, the baton is transitioned just perfectly, you know, crazy. Cause like, you know, a lot of times you think about like Morrison, new X-Men, right? Like, wow, really left a, the new writer in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. So what do the new writers do? They try to get out. <laughs> they try to wiggle their way <laughs> yeah, out of that yeah, tough yeah. spot. You know, an editorial obviously is involved in that too. Whereas here, you have Brubaker, former uh, Gotham Central partner, Michael Lark, coming in. And they're like, we're not trying to get out of this. We're going to keep telling the story. We're actually going to dig deeper into yeah. where Bendis left yeah. us with Murdoch in prison. Which again, to your point, is like not a thing Marvel Comics do. They don't send their heroes to prison and then actually stay there. And make him, like, and lean into the classic Daredevil thing of, like, oh, he's lost his mind a little bit, and he's going to go too far with the violence. Like, he's a menace in prison, and maybe is, like, needs to be there, right? Yeah, Uh, it makes you, it makes you think about it, at least, for sure. No, it's, it's really well done. My, my, so I give, like, just infinite credit to them for that, you know? I think that's, that's really remarkable. Um. And again, it speaks to why when we talk about like what is the Marvel comic with the highest batting average, you know, certainly of the modern era, it's Daredevil by far. And it's because you get creative teams that come in and just and, and it's the Brubaker Lark run that cements it, right? I don't know that prior to this run that you'd say that. Um, but then they come in immediately after Bendis Maleev, you know, and it's like, oh, this book is just this is Marvel's prestige book. Like they're it's just lights out every time. Um, the challenge I have with this run, Zach, is I like the Bendis Maleev stuff so much. And that run was kind of so influential for me, you know, kind of getting into Marvel Comics. Because that's kind of where I start, you know, that 98 Marvel Knights. And then and then the Bendis Maleev really elevates the Kevin Smith stuff 
And I like that run so much that I've always thought of the Brubaker Lark one as as a close runner up. Yeah. So it's it's actually more interesting for me to reread these um, because I'm like, well, m- am I wrong? Because I feel like there's a, a general consensus. A consensus is the wrong word, but I, I do think a lot of people prefer the Brubaker Lark run. Um, I hear about it constantly, and I don't hear about the Brubaker one. So just from my that's perception of yeah, yeah. of it, like. This this is one of the runs that just gets lumped into like oh yeah there's a bunch of good daredevil runs but like there's the Vendus run right mm. it, it does run mm. longer I mean this one runs for about three years he does like thirty five yeah it's not short issues, so it's not like it's too short or anything but like Bendis did go for well longer than that think, sure but, sure yeah. well like I said there's 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 a timing element to it as well you know where it's like kind of made it the biggest thing in town you know yeah. as Bendis is ascending to Marvel superstar and kind of driving the center of their universe. Whereas Brubaker and Lark come out of Daredevil here, and it's like you know we're a little bit before Civil War. We got Planet Hulk coming. We got Annihilation coming. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of attention grabbing stuff yeah. that I think takes you know a lot of the spotlight. Um, but yeah, I was super fascinated to reread this just to see like because I, I, I feel like mentally I kind of underrate this run for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew I loved Devil and Selvakti. Like that's I think that's the the part of it that is maybe the biggest for me is I knew I loved that. That feels like the perfect extension slash almost conclusion of the Bendis Malief run. And then from mm-hmm. there, I think you truly get into, okay, now this is Brubaker and Lark's own Daredevil. And then that's the part of it where I'm like, I don't know that I like that as much. So that's probably, I'm the post-Devil and Selbach D stuff is probably the stuff I'm most curious to re-explore. Devil and Selbach D mm-hmm. is just like, it's killer. it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so, um, yeah. It's like, and like you said, like, cause it, it's, it doesn't start out with the fan service. Like it doesn't start, start out hot and heavy it builds to that mm-hmm. and it builds to the Hannibal Lecter bullseye it builds to Wilson Fisk even getting out of solitary and being a if part Wilson of the Gen Fisk Pop being prison. like get get these to bullseye and handing Turk a deck of cards it's oh, so good yeah. and it yeah. builds to Frank just being like oh sounds wild in prison I'm gonna get myself arrested and go hang out like it just it the pacing of it is is really excellent and again that first issue because you know Brubaker has to come in and say how are we going to handle this? So it starts with the tease of, oh, Daredevil's out of prison, which probably a lot of fans were like, oh, I bet they're just not even going to do it. But then the tease there is it's a different Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. It's somebody else yeah. masquerading as Daredevil, which as these issues progress, we learn to be Danny Rand, Iron Fist, trying to take some fun, of the heat off Matt. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. You know, it's not someone I would have been It's like, not an oh, obvious pick, it's... yeah. No, but when it gets revealed, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of one of those, like, surprising I... but... I Not assumed it was Peter. Like out of left field. I assumed oh, it was Peter okay. Parker. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like, oh, that makes the most sense. Um, but it, I mean, it is in play as you're reading this. So it's like, this could be somebody entirely new. This could mm-hmm. be a new character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could be the Night Nurse, for all we know. Oh, God. Uh, Night Nurse. Barbara Stanwyck? <laughs> Sorry. There's like a 1930s Barbara Stanwyck movie. I told you you'd get further and further back as we get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Um, yeah. So, so Devil and Zelda, I mean, just listen, if you like. Marvel Comics, even a little bit, <laughs> right? Like, this is one of the best arcs, I think, of the 2000s. It It is also, like, it's a very good Daredevil story. Like you said, it continues playing with the themes. It continues playing with Matt thinks he loses Foggy, and what will that drive him to, you know? And it's, it's Boy, getting yeah. that born-again theme of, you know, a man with nothing to lose is a man without fear, you know, and kind of, like, feeling that way and him just getting violent and brutal and... Because he starts out, Matt's, you know, he's trying to be the good prisoner. He's still trying to, he's still trying to say, I'm not Daredevil. 
to the world, right? Like he's still trying to make that case. And then the deck just is stacked and stacked and stacked against him to the point that he's just like, screw it. <laughs> you know, I just I love that uh, Brubaker kind of gets that like crime is so intertwined with like politics and journalism too, mm. right? Politics, journalism, and then obviously the law itself, right? So like, but also the law is politics. So there's so much stuff here about like a senator and an FBI director who are like making political hay out of keeping Daredevil in prison, and then like potentially using federal prison with no bail and making sure that like in court he gets assigned a general the the general population as the prisoners call it (laughs) i think that's yeah um to you know maybe because they know that the case isn't that strong so maybe he'll just get killed in prison all all that stuff i think brubaker really gets in a way that i do think bendis somewhat like lacks a little bit although you know i mean maybe the bendis like the adoration for Bendis, and I haven't read the rest of this run, so maybe it's just that it, the rest of this run does not stack quite as up against this beginning. But um, I mean, Bendis kind of did it first, right? Like Bendis does set the tone for Daredevil now, right? Like it is a new shift in tone. It is a meaner, grittier Daredevil. It does, you know, it is playing off of Miller, but like I think it is even more kind of mm, what's that? what's the word I want to? Because it's a little more uh, like bleak i guess miller's kind of bleak but like i think miller actually kind of has a, a little vein of like hopefulness <laughs> in his i think miller's humor. daredevil is underrated in its um it's it's humor yes but also like it's like of mild touch, yeah. mild optimism yeah. <laughs> like yeah like yeah, reborn yeah. again I, yeah. I, that's why i like that run so much I it's think. not just kind of like a, a juvenile like nihilism uh no yeah, yeah. no it's not but the, it's this is a little dark, uh, so maybe you know Bendis just. It, this looks uh, Lark. Is that that's the artist's name mm-hmm, here, right? Mm-hmm. I think Lark is so good pairing the exact like the the tone of these comics better than um, better than Epting on Captain America. I think in like this exact thing that Brubaker is trying to do, it's like and and I really like Epting, but mm. it's just like so dirty and greens and grays and browns. Everything looks filthy. No one. There's no. Nothing's attractive here, including the people. Like none of the violence is sexy or fun, right? Like, I think well, and even that... there's there's kind of a a cleverness to that in the sense of like, you know, okay, the Punisher gets sent to prison, and yeah, we see him brutally beat up, right? The the first guy who accosts him, but during the riot, oh god, it's just, I love that. it's just disgust. Like there, but there's also... this riot breaking out. All hell is yeah. breaking loose. Yeah. They, we cut to the prisoner guards who are like watching this and can't get in or don't want to get in, and they're like, and they're like uh, "What's Frank oh, doing?" God. Yeah, you know? Frank. What? Uh, I can't imagine what he's up to. And he's just—they're <laughs> like, "What's he doing?" He's, he's sitting in his cell reading. There's four bodies yeah. outside his cell. We never see that. We never see that. We just see Frank sitting there reading. But like, we don't need to. And I think the—that's like storytelling mastery, where you're like, yeah. "We don't need to yeah. see that." I get that. Yeah. You know, the other scene that I loved—a detail is you're talking about kind of selling, like if this is your first time reading, you kind of get the gravity of certain characters, is mm-hmm. when Bullseye breaks out and he runs up to Hammerhead and I forget who Hammerhead's next to. Um, but Morgan? <laughs> he's just like Is it Morgan, the, boss, the leader yeah. of the yeah. the black gang, I guess is the, yeah. the yeah. easy summarization. Um, Hammerhead sees him and he li- I think he literally goes, nope, and he jumps off the <laughs> jumps side off the- <laughs> balcony the, the second story yeah. it's so funny and it's such a good yeah. detail and it also really sells the hell out of bullseye right yeah, like when yeah, prisoners yeah, are totally. thinking they're like oh no 
we need now like they're like forget the riot we need to get out of here um because this this lunatic will just murder us all it's i mean come on come on and I, I do love uh, Turk being in prison here. Uh, although there was like a real, there was a moment of real like threat against him with like the kingpin, where it seemed like the kingpin might hurt or kill, kill Turk. And I had a moment of like, you know, Foggy, fine, you know, I can accept <laughs> Foggy, but you will not touch Turk if Don't you kill you off Turk. Like Turk is not some C tier character for you to just like throw away to make a villain look cool. That is not what. <laughs> I think Turk, Turk is, is fine. Yeah. Turk's one of my favorite non-powered supporting players in the entire Marvel yeah, he's, universe. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely up there. Uh, oh, uh, somehow he sneaks a stilt man into this. Uh, we get one panel of a stilt man just to let you know. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. When Foggy's talking about like you know how much braver Matt is. Um. So we we should we talk a little bit about the second half of this, which uh I think you're right. Once he gets out of the prison and he's like on this world. He goes to Monaco. It becomes right. it becomes Daredevil International Superstar, right? Like he goes on the run, yeah, like across the globe. It works okay because I am invested in the trying to figure out like what this conspiracy is, but the actual like mechanics of getting there, I think, are a little odd. Well, um, and I think this is where the challenge really it really gets exacerbated for Brubaker and Lark because it's like, well, what what Daredevil stories can we tell now? Um, it's not the first time Daredevil has been abroad, <laughs> like in the '90s. You know, we didn't cover these, but like he has amnesia and he thinks he's a fighting Frenchman. <laughs> he's like, yeah, a, he's like yeah, a Shield yeah. agent for a stretch. And uh, I, those are hard stories to tell. I think you know, like it's it's a real high degree of difficulty to take Daredevil out of Hell's Kitchen or out of the street level familiarity. And I don't want to, I don't want to just put these blockers up where I'm like. Well, no bullseye, no kingpin. You know, it's not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. But those are those are. Listen, they work really well in Devil and Cell Block D. But I also don't want to pretend those aren't like easy shortcuts, right? Like, and like we talked about this with yeah. Bendis, right? Like yeah. putting kingpin in, taking him off the board, but then always bringing him back. You know, it's like it, there's a real balancing act you have to walk on a long Daredevil run of how much to use kingpin. You kind of just can't get around it, you know. Um, and I think they're trying to find a way around it. And I think you, I feel that stumbling because i don't feel like there's an obvious answer here it's so cool miller revealing bullseye to kingpin or bullseye revealing daredevil's identity to kingpin is you know feels like an underrated choice you know uh i guess green goblin knows who peter parker is right or knows who's I, I don't know that it's underrated i mean born again is pretty largely considered like the best Marvel it's, comic. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i guess maybe that's true the, the guess what i'm thinking of is just that like it was. It got me thinking about how much of an impactful choice it is when your villain knows you, and like that it it becomes so much more like of a personal battle, right, between these yeah. these people, right, right. When like Kingpin and Vanessa at the end of this uh, is, you know, they're talking about Matt as someone that they know, right. It's not like Electro fighting Spider Man, and Electro, you know, isn't being like. Peter, I know you. Your guilt drives you, and you know sure. you'll go to right like that. That kind of like the, the villain knowing their their hero. Or it's the, the I mean that's the biggest the biggest I think like tell that this is a rivalry that is top tier, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Is is it's when they have a secret identity, 
that they know them, right? You know, Peter with Green Goblin, yep. Sabretooth and Wolverine, Daredevil Kingpin. They're like, you know, I know you. Wait, and even Richards and Doom, just the sense of like, I know you from way back. You know, not that they're secret identity stuff. And like understanding each other. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that here. And I love I love Brubaker continuing the legacy of Daredevil being like just a just a screwed up little guy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The, even even one of the details I really liked is the um, the woman that he like finally. Like, there's this woman who's like a intermediary between while well, he's trying to track down the person who killed Foggy, and uh, and he finds himself like really attracted to her. But he's worried that it's because she's in trouble and he's like, she's like, as soon as she starts to get in trouble, he starts like feeling attracted to her. Yeah. Which is such a good like line of continuity from like the Miller stuff. Like that's my favorite love and war. Right. Which is all about like Daredevil's like self-perception of Mm -hmm. seeing himself as like rescuing somebody, but also that he would like fall in love with women who need his help. Um it's such a, a just kind of a messed up little thing, but also very like, oh, yeah, yeah, probably, right? Like, these people all have these little pathologies, and it's not even that crazy. It's just kind of a, a normal thing that would crop up in, like, a superhero who yeah. has all these, like, issues psychologically. Well, it is also um, that thing of, like, you yeah. know, Daredevil always feels like the most mature Marvel book. And some of that, too, is just, like, yeah, Matt Murdock is very sexually active, but also constantly making bad choices <laughs> well, he's, yeah he's got like <laughs> right like he's weird with women he's got some yeah you know, a lot of hang-ups not like i don't, I don't want to make that sound worse than it is like he's not abusive generally but like he is he's got a lot of like hang-ups when it comes i mean at, he's married right now which i kind of forgot <laughs> are they still married, married? him and Milla? Yeah, yeah yeah well that's the whole thing is he's like at the end of this he's like you know all i could think about was karen page like this um this woman was wearing pheromones that like would smell like whatever is most appealing or comforting which is really funny because the the matador villain who kidnaps her is like you smell just like my mom <laughs> which I, it's a really good touch um but to matt it's karen page and now he's got like karen page on the is there a the better door. way to throw anybody like off their off their game in a fight than just drop in smelling you smell like, like, like mom? my mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah what yeah, that's pretty good. I, I think, too, like, Brubaker's, you know, again, like, this, it, Brubaker's a huge comics fan. And I think in the storytelling, you know, with Cap, you can see, like, okay, let's let's lean into some of that Golden Age. Let's lean into some of that Roy Thomas stuff. And with this part of it, it's kind of like, hey, you know what people don't play with is, like, the Steve Gerber, like, adventuring Daredevil and Black Widow stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's all pro- post-Miller. It's all Miller. And I think here is an attempt to be like, to carve a new path, we kind of have to try one of those things that isn't talked about. And they're kind of trying to salvage that, which I really appreciate as an experiment. I, I just, I can't shake the feeling that it's not going to work. <laughs> and I'm really curious to reread this and see if I think that to be true or not. Because again, I, I, I feel like maybe I've underrated this run. I don't know. I mean, there's a ton of good stuff I like, even when he's trekking around the world. Like, the Tombstone. Tombstone's a good villain for oh, him. Yeah. Uh, the Tombstone fighting is fun. The uh, Him being a little... Yeah, it doesn't work quite as well, but that's because, you know, we kind of like to see Matt in relation to Hell's Kitchen, right? He's so tied into that. Um, well, and I talk about this like all the time a, as, yeah. like, my own cognitive dissonance where I'm like, I want to see something new. And then daredevil gets pulled out of hell kitchen and i'm like oh i don't know <laughs> you know like i'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm aware yeah. of that flaw i think um well, it doesn't have to be new like completely 
shift the status quo plot-wise, right? Or, like, turn the character into something he's not. It can just, you know, introduce some kind of new... Uh, I, I mean, Daredevil, generally, like, what I like about him is, like, new tensions and new, like, psychological peril for him. It's not, like, put him in space, you know? It's not, sure, like, make right. him a mutant. Uh, it's it's not, like, the plot stuff that I'm generally as... You have to do it... In. You have to do it within the bounds of what the character is supposed to be. I just think, like, if yeah. you're, you're Brubaker and, like, coming into this, or anyone, I mean, even now, in 2024, you're looking at Daredevil, like, it's just, all this stuff can be so cyclical... And mm-hmm. I think it's fandom, fandoms, like one of my biggest problems with fandoms is being satisfied with that, you mm-hmm. know, is being satisfied with the repetition of the cycles, being told kind of very similar ways, you know, over and over and over. Um, so I do want to be more appreciative of the moments when it's like somebody had tried something else, <laughs> you yeah. know, and did we give that its due, you know? So I, that's where I'm like... I really want to come to it with open eyes. But then again, you, if you told me like, oh, there's this new run of Daredevil and he spends like, you know, the first arc he's in Asgard. I'm going to be like, yeah. Eh, eh, eh. Just wait till you I get to know. War of the Realms. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. 2017, maybe. <laughs> I, I knew about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, you know, you, it still feels like someone needs to understand the core, like, like X-Men and Krakoa. You know, I'm not going to spoil that, but that is a, you know, a big status quo shift, a huge status quo shift for the characters. But it feels so naturally part of their history. It ties in so well. It feels like someone who really understands the characters and just integrates something really new into that. But it's not, you know, it's not totally out of left field. It's not like. Right. Well, it's not like it's not like the the post-Devil and Cell Block D stuff doesn't make sense, right? Like, I, I still no, no, feel no, no. like no. Yeah. Brubaker and Lark understand this character. It also makes a lot of sense. Daredevil would have to flee, right? Like, that's where the, that's where this narrative yeah. has gone, yeah. is he can't just hang around. He can't await trial anymore. You know, they, and I, I think, too, like, that's something I love about people taking over new runs is, like, okay, think about what they burned through in that first arc, you know? They burned through the possibility of Matt's innocence, essentially, <laughs> mm-hmm. They burned through um, him staying in New York, like period. You know, uh, I guess they didn't burn through Kingpin stuff. They seemingly burned through Foggy and the connection. But obviously, as we find here, Foggy's in the witness protection program now. You know, but it's just like there's a lot of familiarity. And I think too, again, like if you're them, you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, Bendis and Believe just did this for four plus years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like we can't. We don't want to just play those same beats, uh, and that's that's what the attitude I want, right? From someone coming in. So there, you know. there's also like twenty, twenty five more issues of this, and the end of this feels a little bit like the end of a run. So I have no idea where this goes from here because yeah. the end of this is like somewhat of a reset, right? Like Matt gets out from the prison, the criminal charges, right? Uh, the publicity is somewhat off of him. Right for being Daredevil, people are still going to think he's Daredevil. And then, like Kinpin, he gets out of prison at the wishes of Vanessa Fisk, who is a good. I think Vanessa Fisk is a pretty satisfying end to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like because she's been like off the she, off the table for a while. But like, yeah, it ties in pretty well to like her history. Um, I think only th- that might be one of the only things where, like, if you don't know that history, you'd be like, okay, it was it was that woman, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you're also reading Daredevil number ninety three. So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it clearly you have more to be has reading. happened. There's yeah, there's a lot of uh, 
There's a lot of Vanessa. <laughs> it mentions like her being in the sewers. Remember when she lived in the sewers for a while? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like a, a feral rat or something. That should come up more um, often. I feel like Vanessa <laughs> and the Morlocks have some stories to tell yeah, yeah, that yeah. have not been told. Uh, uh, yeah, no, these yeah. these are very, very good. Um, Daredevil well, Dave, immediately enters into the read it all. I think uh, well, if or, that's or stays. the case, Dave, I gotta I gotta point out 2007. Yeah, Dare, Daredevil is in the bonus reading for now. It hasn't been finalized yet, but you thinking it's gonna stay there? You think we're gonna move some? Well, I was gonna put it in slot there. number 11, but unfortunately, someone already put Omega Flight there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I guess we don't. I mean, 2007 is stuffed. It really is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, gonna be there's hard. Something really notable about like the continuation of this series. Then maybe it's just a. <sighs> well, that's the thing is is Daredevil that kind of goes from, and again, this is a function of just other things happening, right? And it's what I talk about where Bendis Malieve could own that spotlight to a degree because maybe there wasn't as much noise that was as mm-hmm. as worth paying attention to, um, but to kick something out mm. from that group. Is, look, is really challenging, and I think Daredevil, it isn't... You know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe it's really good. It's not super important to Marvel continuity, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's where the, the decision-making becomes um, a challenge. But, I mean, hey, listen, if you back us on patreon.com slash year and you're one of those who likes to add issues to the list, I would say Daredevil's a great one to potentially... I, I don't know, I do, just as a fan, I'm like, yeah, I want to read those issues again, you know, and see what I think. Here's... Here's my thought about Omega Flight, though, which I did add kind of as a joke forever ago. I added it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's five issues, little mini series from 2007. It is written by Michael Avon Oming, yeah. who did do Thor Disassembled, which was like one of my favorite recent comics. Artist I of Powers, that. one of your least favorite comics. <sighs> what? The Artist, Artist of, of Powers of... with Bendis. Oh, yes, right. Yeah. We, <laughs> I've only read the first issue of that comic. And you've said nothing <laughs> I, good about it. I know, I have really strong opinions for a comic I've only read one issue of. That's uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really liked uh, Disassembled, so like, it does seem pretty cool. And issue number one, it does look like it has the Wrecking Crew. Maybe we don't read sick. all five, but we do a little, uh, a little right. taste. If we dip our toes in, that sounds, yeah, just a little, little Beaumont. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2007, I mean, I got Super Villain Team Up, Modex 11 on the bonus round. Those are really fun comics. Um well, a bon mot means a witty remark. What am I thinking of? What's a little snack? You know that... what? You started talking another language, and I just I went with it, Zach. I just assumed you knew. Snack. Bong. A little bon. snack. Uh, my wife, I guess. Oh, God. Okay. Just a little snack. Yeah, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't sign off on that. I bet her. It's weird. Bong. <laughs> uh, bon. Hmm. I'll have to ask Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, please do. We'll get some French lessons on the next episode. So I think the things we need corrections on are... Um, how do you say little snack mm-hmm. in another language? Uh, what was the thing from earlier in the episode that we weren't? Oh, uh, Charlemagne. What's Charlemagne's role? Charlotte will know all about that. Charlotte Main. She did name herself after Charlemagne. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Outsized influence on the French. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hope she has. I hope she has a speedy recovery. I mean, you know, from be- from. Passing? <laughs> yeah, I just look forward yeah. to seeing her next week. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I can't always wait. Yeah, what you do know, we got Marvel next Comics week? timeline. She should yeah. be back next week, I think. We get, Wait, you're not going to be here next week, right? I think. Is that right? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's just going to be Charlotte and I talking. Peter David X Factor. Yeah. Uh, Yoast. Is that. Not, what's his name? 
Kyle Yost? No. There's a there's a Chris and a Craig. Chris mm-hmm. Yost and it's Craig the, Kyle, the new, I think. Could go either yeah, way. Yeah, the new the new X Men. And then we're doing a bunch of listener man. This is a year of listener uh selected comics. We had a whole Patreon episode one. previously, and yeah. now next one is like ninety You know what I, I was actually I, I often joke about, you know, how I don't like it or whatever. I love uh, people come in and recommending comics to add to the list now. It, it, yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> like it's it's so cool to have additional stuff um, added into the mix and just get to talk because it is like there's just more and more comics being published, and I'm always going to prioritize the stuff that I know people are going to talk about the most or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Listen, yeah, I'm all yeah. about the views. I'm all about the listens. I think we all <laughs> yeah. know this. Um, but it's nice to get some of those like reader favorites to just kind of get a little. Little different taste, a little different flavor. And looking up the stuff that we're reading, we're going to be covering Beyond, which, uh, well, who doesn't want to see the Beyonder again in 2006? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm Agents really disappointed Atlas I'm not looks... going to be there for that, actually, Beyond. Really? Agents of Atlas looks really interesting. Like, uh, Agents of Atlas is cool. An all Asian, in Asian American team. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting for the time, I think. Are you talking? Um, I think you're talking about the newest Agent of Atlas. Because no, I don't no, think it's. Is... Oh, you're The 2006 right. version isn't. Isn't the Greg Pak one you're yeah. probably talking about? I'm just glancing through the Wikipedia page. Oh, but Namora's on there. The female Namor. Not <laughs> doing it for you. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, oh, Gorilla Man. That's kind of. It's a fun team. Okay. It's a fun All team. Right. We'll, we'll check it out. Um, but yeah, uh, come join us with the rest of the year. We got lots of cool stuff coming up. Planet Hulk and Annihilation and Civil War, big events, and then couple other pretty notable runs i can't wait to talk marvel zombies i've been hyping that for a while what if i really don't like marvel zombies after i haven't read it in a long time i i bet you'll it holds up i'm I'm i really like no i've read it a few times i really like marvel zombies yeah and it keeps going and i think it stays strong there's a bunch of like minis and they do interesting stuff i think the Uh, later the latter days marvel zombie stuff is actually underrated um yeah i've read the first like three or four trades of it right like yeah. it keeps you know they do marvel zombies marvel zombies 2 marvel zombies 3 like six issue minis yeah but the first yeah three or four and they get weird. takes it over God, by yeah, like get... you know volume four and like yeah it keeps getting weirder and weirder and kind of which deeper. is so cool yeah i can't wait to, to talk about that yeah. um just fyi if you have not read the ultimates <laughs> and uh you want the full marvel zombies experience mm. look up uh it actually starts in like ultimate fantastic four you don't like some no, you don't that, have to, but right? just, just look up those one or two issues because they are really fun. They're, like those, those are like the best. Issues are those the of best? Ultimate Fantastic. Four. Yeah, yeah, I was I, gonna say are those the best of Ultimate Fantastic Four. They probably are. Those are great. Uh, yeah. Greg Land, <laughs> who does a really good zombie. You know, he can't draw a woman's face, but he can do a really good zombie. I keeps Greg Land keeps popping up in the news in Marvel these days, and I keep saying yeah. like, when Land's not drawing people, and especially women, yeah. pretty good artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's decent. Well, you know, God, there's one really funny bit at the beginning of one of those fantastic four comics i think i brought this up on the podcast when we talked about it but like they're like hopping through time the fantastic four uh and they go to like the savage land or like prehistoric you know earth and a, a t-rex is chasing them i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i swear to god has somehow you can see on the t-rex's face it still has that same weird porn o face that like he does for women looking surprised. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the T Rex's face that looks like it's experiencing like surprising sexual pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I can't explain it, but it's true. It's Listen, true. anyway, yeah. I I hesitate to say this on air, 
Mm-hmm. Are you a Triceratops or a Triceratops? <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll be here next week with pe- more My Marvelous Year. Pegas- Pegasaurus me, Daddy. <laughs> it's like you're just, please peg us. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's time to go. Uh, yeah, so, so all the comics we'll be reading for next episode are going to be listed in the show notes. You can get access to the full spreadsheet at patreon.com slash mymarvel this year. It'll be Zach and Charlotte Maine here, okay. here we go. for 2006 part four. And then we'll all be back together, ideally, for Planet Hulk, baby. Yeah. That should I be. Only a vaguely good know what this is. So Planet Hulk. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I kind of. I think I know the rough outline. So I think you'll be actually mildly surprised by Planet Hulk. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think a okay. lot of folks like who who know obviously like at this point who doesn't know just like the core concept. I mean, it's kind of there in the name. Um, but I think a lot of folks reading it would be like, oh, I didn't. I didn't know this was I, the story. The, the thing I like about Planet Hulk uh, is I think it starts out the same way that like. The Incredible Hulk number three or something from like sixty two. <laughs> yeah, 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 we teased that the, back in the Silver Age. Yeah, it's like the same little uh, core concept that they were. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, so we'll talk about it then. But okay, yep, looking forward to it. Thanks, Dave. Good episode. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, good job by Thanks. you. Um, I want you to look up Nuck if you buck. Okay. And uh, everyone else, thanks for listening. Music for the show is by Disaster Peace, and. You know, give us give us a little rating and review, please. If you made it this far, listen to the episode, and you haven't rated and reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, please do so. You're a true fan. I consider you a true friend, and uh, we we haven't had a review in in a long time, Zach. I don't think that's not true. We uh we just had one today, I think. Okay. Uh, okay. Just like wait, wait. Thanks I'll for immediately it. undercutting my desperate plea. Sorry, two days ago, off and on since ASM two eighty three. I think they made this account just to review us. Uh, and they highly recommended it and said, I have some offbeat but entertaining takes, and you are mostly amused. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds right. That, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I think yeah, that's very good. accurate. Well, thank you for that review, and I would love some more to come in. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Appreciate it. And we will see you next year. See you next year.